Support for this podcast comes from PayPal. Small business owner, PayPal QR codes are the safe and easy payment option. It's all the security PayPal is known for online, in person. Cash only, QR codes allow you to accept credit or debit with everyday low fees. No additional hardware or software needed. Use the app to generate your unique QR code. Customers scan your code with their PayPal app to pay you. Learn more at paypal.com slash us slash get QR code. Welcome to the Hidden Entrepreneur Show. My name is Josh Carey. You want in on a little secret? I was in hiding for 40 years. Yeah, I was hiding every part of myself in every situation. And I can tell you one thing, hiding sucks. I'm now on a mission to help extraordinary people like yourself rediscover the world around you, connect beautifully with others, and excel tremendously in all you set out to do. Join in. It's The Hidden Entrepreneur Show. Hey there. Thank you for tuning in. So good to see you. You know you're tuned right into The Hidden Entrepreneur Show. It's Josh Carey coming to you live right now. I'm very excited for this episode because as you see in the description, it all is about suffering less from stress and burnout while finding inner peace and stillness. Oh, I've been all for that my entire life, only having in the past few years really been able to figure out how in the world you make it happen and always on the lookout for other ways to continue it to happen on deeper and deeper levels. And if you look on the screen, how cool is that? How cool is it that we're going to be uh, educated and schooled on um, not only the art of all of that, but through tea? Gung Fu Tea, which is sort of new to me. It's being made in real time. I love that we're like looking right in on the set. It is Eric Turnison. What's doing, Eric? Hey, how are you doing? So glad to be here. Thank you. So I love that we are sort of, I've watched your videos and I know that among other things, let me put it into context. You're the creator and CEO of Member Mouse, which is yes. a, a pioneer in the WordPress membership plug-in. Before we went on the air, I admitted, I said, you know what, I have, a, I have a passion and a very working knowledge of all that, having spent 10, 15, and more years in the website design, development, and uh, that whole space. I, mm -hmm. I know your product. I know that whole market of products. Even to this day, through, through the PodMax brand, we, we actively have a membership uh, area, and I'm all for it. So to know that that's your your business side is really cool. But then to hear and learn all about this tea aspect. And I know, if I'm not mistaken, one is definitely you could relate to the success of the other, right? They are absolutely tied in. They have a relationship, for sure. One, the success of one. Well, actually, no. Yes, I would agree with that. Yep. What were you going to say, that the success of one was? Well, success can be measured in many different ways. And I think the first way that people think of success maybe is monetarily. In that relate, They're not related in that sense. Like one's success monetarily doesn't depend on the other. But in terms of uh, the economy of uh, mindset, you know, my ability to be the CEO <clears throat> and um, do the things that I need to do for Member Mouse make the adjustments that I've needed to made, make as that company has grown is definitely related to what T has brought into my life. Yeah, and I could certainly, I, I in my life, having spent the, the vast majority at this point uh, in a dark, depressive, angry, frustrated state because I came to the table hiding all of my skill and my ability in exchange for seeking approval, was always in some sort of entrepreneur business of my own adventure and know full well that until I was able to, to get myself a little bit better improved, that's only when I see everything in my life improve. So was there a time, I want to connect the dots from where you are today through being the 
gung-fu tea master you are, uh, also mm-hmm. known as Ashish, and we're going to get into that name soon. But yeah. what, was, what was, I don't know if missing is the right word, but what was different or missing prior to your uh, acceptance and uh, indulgence of the tea world when you were, uh, quote-unquote, just working as the CEO and creator of Member Mouse? The, the image that comes to mind, especially when you're relating your story, is this kind of life as a blank canvas. And I think it comes to mind because when we're creating the masterpiece of our life, like it's not necessarily that any of the previous things that we've drawn on it are bad. It's that they become a part of the story and maybe we wouldn't do things now the way that we did then. But all of it was had to go, from my perspective, all of it had to go the way that it went. So, you know, I am a software engineer by trade. I went to college and I studied computer science. Two years out of college, I was uh, in corporate performance management consulting, uh, which meant that I would go as part of a team to Fortune 100 companies like Walmart and British Airways and Cabela's and build revenue analysis systems for them. And I looked around and I saw the guys who were, the, who were extremely successful after having done that for 25 years. And I was like, okay, that's not what I want my life to look like in 25 years. At which point I started looking at different, opportun- different vehicles potentially that could be where I could use my own energy to uh, propel me forward. Because I think one of the important ingredients that I had naturally was the sink or swim on my own as opposed to like a comfortable paycheck with predictable outcomes. Like I would rather fail and have the opportunity for great success than be given some sort of comfort from consistency. So that's, that's kind of how I got into the entrepreneurial path, which really, I mean, entrepreneurship, like so many words that are used, it's so mm, such a unique lifestyle for everybody who enters into it. I mean, we label, we say you're an entrepreneur if you're doing your own business. But I, I think it's, it's really like um, a path of discovery. And, it's a, and for me, it's been a path of self-discovery. And I, I think that you have had a similar experience where you have this fixed point of a North Star that you're shooting for because you're, you, you are dedicated to getting to it no matter what the obstacles that naturally come up, you're willing to push through them, you know? Yeah. And through the discovery for yourself of Gung Fu Tea, which again is completely new to me, Mm -hmm. uh, you have, you've found inner peace for yourself. And now through that extent, you help others find it for themselves. I'd love to go down this path for a little bit and, and really unravel that. When we're talking about inner peace and stillness, how, how can we define that first? So we have the groundwork of really what we're talking about. Well, the first thing I will say is uh, I have opinions on this. But I am, you know, <laughs> everybody is, you know, everybody, I'm not the expert on any of these topics, but I do have thoughts on them. Um, from my perspective, inner peace is not a destination. It's something that you work at. You have an, you have an intention to be peaceful. And it's kind of like um, in the ocean, you may have the intention of surfing a wave, it's not in your control over what the weather is going to be like. It's not in your control how big or small the waves are going to be. But you've trained to learn how to surf the wave, and you'll do your best to deal with what comes. And your intention is to surf it. And I feel like that's a good metaphor for what inner peace is. It's not that you get to a point and then you can just sit back and relax. In fact, it's, it's, it's tested every single moment whether your inner state is tested and the path of inner peace for me is, is is first and foremost having a constant awareness of what's going on internally, the internal weather, and then having tools to navigate that, having tools to decide, make the choice of how 
I am going to be in response to what's happening. In a lot of cases, I don't have control over those things that are happening. What was going on in your life uh, on the opposite side of that prior to discovering this practice that really helped catapult you straight into it? Well, the, on the opposite side is a total lack of awareness, basically being battered by the waves of the ocean, being tossed about haphazardly, um, being subject to the weather of what, whatever was happening with my business, uh, external environments, family relationships, world environments, just not even and not even, and not even having the conscious awareness that that's what was happening. Just feeling like, okay, this is life. This is, um, but a symptom of that was, I would say, um, a low-level depression. Like, um, like there's a film over the world. Like it just, and I, I can see this now because I have the benefit of perspective. Absolutely. At the time, it didn't seem that, it didn't look that way to me, but I can, in retrospect and in comparison, I can see that that's what I was dealing with um, because I just didn't have any tools to, I, I was always moving externally. I was always just dealing with, okay, I need to get these tasks done this thing is coming to my life. I need to do something with it. And everything felt very reactionary. Um, and I didn't have any real, uh, part to play in it. I didn't have any control over the situation. And, um, it, you know, kind of like that rat race feeling is, is where I was, I would say. Now, as we've been talking, for those privy to the video portion of this, you are, you're making tea, you're pouring tea, but I know uh, it's, it's much more ceremonial than that, right? Mm -hmm. Talk to me about the ceremonial aspect. So it's not just doing the thing. Right. It's um, words, 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 ceremony. What does ceremony mean? I, I mean, when I think about it, I don't personally think about it as ceremony, although it, it can appear to be ceremonial. Okay. And I'm sure that it is. I think of it as a practice. So yes, like um, when I'm pouring tea, when I'm doing all these things, you, what you perceive is what is happening visually on the surface. But there are many different levels at which I'm interacting with it at this point in time. But all of these things you go through a learning process. Like you've probably heard of the four stages of learning unconsciously incompetent, then consciously incompetent. You become aware you don't know something at which point you start learning at which point you become uh, consciously competent. And then at some point you, in, you imbibe it and you become unconsciously competent. So I would say at this point, I'm unconsciously competent at what I'm doing. When I first started, it was all about the mechanics and, I had to really think about how much leaf is in the pot, what temperature water am I using? Um, it was very mechanical. But now that the mechanics are just part of my situation, what this becomes is, um, is a vehicle for awareness, really. Um, because really when I'm doing this, I'm tuning into all sorts of different subtle energy. And it's really not about the tea. It's, it's like 10% about the tea. It's 90% about a lot of other things. I, I'm so, so glad you brought that up because I, that, that was going to be my, my next thought. How much of this whole entire process, this experience for you, is actually about what the ingestion of the mm -hmm. liquid provides you? That's just sort of like the cherry on top, if you will. Well, it, it, it's my relationship to it now. In the beginning, it was closer to 100%. Like when I had my first experience with tea, being served tea in a ceremony, it was 100% about the tea because, well, there's many nuances to all this, but my experience at that time, it was 100% about the tea. It had such profound energetic impacts on my body, like muscles relaxed, um, and my thoughts just immediately quieted down. So tea has the ability to do those things on its own. So when I've done hundreds of tea ceremonies and I've served people and pretty much the same thing happens across the board all the time when people come and sit at the table, um, within five minutes, they'll start sharing things 
that are very personal and um, are clearly things that needed to come to the surface to be some sort of release for them. Something that was something that was creating some sort of internal tension, emotional, usually emotional tension. Um, and just within minutes of sitting at the tea table, complete strangers, this happens. And that's a combination of the tea. And it's also a combination of what I'm doing as the person serving tea, because ultimately as the one serving tea, and this is why for me at this point in the practice, it's less about the tea. It's about holding space. It's about creating a, a, a container which facilitates certain things happening. Where does the person listening who is not there yet, right? They're yes. not into this world uh, yet. What, what do they need to, what's the first step we need to open ourselves up to? You know, I know we need an open-mindedness to, but what's going to really get us closer to embracing this? Well, I would say there's nothing that is needed other than what's already there. Meaning, if you sense that there's an interest in this, that's all that, that's needed. If there is no interest, then there's no interest. And this, is, this happens to me when people come to sit for tea with me. I can always tell when there's somebody at the table who wants to work with tea. And that's because tea is the particular vehicle for that person. Now, tea, as a practice, the benefit of it, the benefit of it as something, it's a meditative practice. It helps. It's, it's kind of like a moving meditation. So the reason, I, and really, um, meditation is profoundly important to uh, developing a relationship with ourselves. And tea doesn't need to be the thing that that is for people, but what is needed for, what is absolutely needed as an ingredient for people working with a developing meditativeness is a consistent practice in one form or another, whether you, you go on a daily walk you work with tea daily, uh, you, you make a particular type of beverage in the morning. Like you could do that if you're, if you have a if complex process for making coffee in the morning, that could be a meditative practice. Although the fact that coffee itself, when you imbibe it goes against the stillness of the mind, what there, there's a little bit of whatever there, but <laughs> part of learning to become meditative is that you're doing a, a, a repetitive motions over and over again, such that at some point, naturally, you start listening behind the motions. Mm. If that makes sense. It does. And when we're talking about a tea ceremony, mm -hmm. what does that entail? Because that's now that we've stepped in, and I love how you put it, you either have an interest or you don't. And that is such a, a mind-opening concept that every person tuning in, every entrepreneur can really embrace. Like I talk about, I was able to, to really look at my non-serving patterns, rituals, right. beliefs, and choose to make adjustments and go in that path. And I say, if you're listening and if this interests you and you want to, great. But if you don't, then you can go on your merry way. So it almost is right. that simple. Like if you're attracted to it, you'll get it. If not, so once somebody steps into it, what's, what's actually happening here? Is it, is it much more than boiling water and putting it over the tea leaf? Not in the beginning. I mean, in the beginning, that's what exactly what it's about. But, oh, but the, the beauty about the tea ceremony is it's infinitely deep. There's it's layers to the onion. And we have all had this experience. We all have had something, an activity where we start doing it and really we know nothing. So all we can do is follow some, somebody else's guidance of what to do. Mm -hmm. But we practice it for a little bit and then we start to realize that there's more to it than we thought. Um, and that's when our relationship with it starts when we can start having a conversation with the thing that we're doing. Uh, like, um, so in the beginning, it's literally all about pouring water on the leaf, but as you drink it over time and with consistency, that's the important aspect. Cause I always think about it as like a, a relationship with a person. It's a conversation with a person. So if you meet with a person once a month, the, the level of depth of the relationship that you can build with that person is, is of a certain level. But if you talk, if you sit with somebody every day for 15 minutes, you're going to get to know that person in a different way. And that's what you're doing with tea because 
Tea is so sensitive. You'll learn, you'll, you'll feel these differences that happen. You may be drinking the same leaf every day, the same type of tea, but the weather has an impact on how the tea is going to taste. Energetically, how the tea works in your body may be dependent, may, may change with what's happening astrologically. Um, or the, or I, I've had the experience where a tea will be different in different parts of the country. The one tea that brews really well here in Santa Fe doesn't really brew, brew well in Oregon. And um, so there's all these little nuances, but the, which are interesting. But the real benefit of it is this, this subtle level of listening that happens and how this plays into real life. Like, what's, why is this valuable? Well, one thing that happened to me early on after I started drinking tea was I started choosing food more intentionally. So I realized like I was habitually just eating food. I was used to eating certain types of foods. And whenever I go to the store, I would choose the same things. But as I kind of was starting to learn things from tea, I would go to the store and I would stand in front of the produce and I would feel into what was wanted, uh, taking some time with it, uh, tuning more into energetic aspects. So I was, I was listening more to the conversation that, that of what my body needed as opposed to what I was habitually um, used to from the mind. So when we're talking about all of this, I love that you've used the word energy handful of times and you're tying all that in because I'm guessing that that's the basis of it. You've also said how you have to tune into the subtle energy of things. Expand on that a little bit. What are we, what are we really talking about there? Well, I think, you know, the way that we started this out was saying, you know, with the end in mind, stress release, right? So much, so much in our world is about promoting the fruits of actions. And then so much of the time, you just want the fruits without doing anything. I want this item on Amazon. I'm going to buy it. I don't need to do anything for it. But people will notice that through this conversation, we haven't talked really anything directly about stress release. So they may feel, oh, well, you said this was going to do stress release and you haven't told me how it's going to happen. Well, that's naturally deliberate. It's not that I'm intentionally doing that, but it's, it's naturally happening because really any, any thing that is going to be lasting in life, you have to come to the point where you understand you're going to have to do some work for it. <laughs> if you think that you can just pay for some pill or something that's going to give you stress release, basically it's going to last just as long as the effort you put in. So the stress release is one of the side effects of doing this. But if you don't put in the consistent effort, you can't expect to get any benefit. So, and that's gonna turn, that is gonna immediately turn off a lot of people. Correct. What I would say to those people is definitely look at that. That like, so we talked about attraction, right? And interest, attraction is really just interest and curiosity. It's something that you're, lo- you're willing to get a little bit closer. You're not committing to it, but you're willing to get a little bit closer to see what it means to you. But it's also equally important to look at something that repels you because if something repels you, there could be something that doesn't serve you that's pushing you away from it. So Tea might be for you if you have an interest in it. It might also be for you if it repels you (laughs) because there might be something that it's bringing up in you that is creating a fear. And that's important to look at. Why, why would it create a fear? You know, because uh, a consistent practice, why be afraid of consistent practice? Um, And um, people are, I think, I mean, whether they're aware of it or not, the fact is, our lives are full of consistent practice. You have a con- one may have a consistent practice of watching TV every day. You wouldn't look at it that way. But it is. But how you spend your hours every day is consistent, and your life will naturally be a result of what you spend your time doing every day. So it's a choice. So when we are talking about stress release, and I appreciate how you brought that up, that it yes, there's there's work to to everything. Uh, one of the greats I follow always says that whatever whatever grand goal you're setting for yourself, you have to know that you have to put in an 
equal amount mm-hmm. of work for that. You know, you can't just say, I want a million dollars and then right. expect to put in a little bit of work to get. You have to put in the equal amount of work for mm-hmm. whatever result you're going for, naturally. I'd love to tie it into your role and work at Member Mouse and the creation mm-hmm. of this and the development of this and the growth of this. Um, how, how has this practice taken it from one point to the next? Well, the business had, by the time T came into my life, the business already had momentum. It was already kind of at an, a success trajectory. Um, I think the way that T changed it is how I related to the business and what part that I was playing, what role that I was playing. And I would say that um, my trajectory in the business prior to T was somewhat cancerous, you know, and and cancer Hmm. is basically this, this natural parts of the body that continuously grow and feed themselves when really they they shouldn't be so it's activity that's happening without rest constant activity constant activity constantly what's the next thing what's the next thing what's the next thing and i think entrepreneurship can we as entrepreneurs we can naturally fall into this challenging cyclical behavior because so much of the beginning of the entrepreneur or entrepreneurial journey requires this type of investment. It does require, like just getting anything started, getting an engine started, getting building momentum requires a certain consistent force of effort over time. But I think that um, there can become an addiction to that. There can become an attachment to constant activity, constantly trying to get to something else, not necessarily seeing where one has gotten and where one is, has arrived and saying, okay, this is enough for now. So I was in a position where I was constantly trying to get to somewhere, somewhere, somewhere and never arriving. So when T came in, it kind of like put the brakes on, helped me kind of like build a a connection with myself, learn that I needed more rest in my life, you know, just like in music Music isn't just constant sound. It's about sound and rest, sound and rest. And the pattern of that is what creates the sonic experience of music. And so it's the same in life. You're just constantly moving. You're just like this. You're basically a disharmonious sound that's blasting out into the world. But if you can take rest and pause in your life, you become a more interesting presence. And so the way that that manifested in my business, me coming to that relationship with myself is I, I automatically had to start delegating more because giving, okay, well, if I'm not going to do these things, who's going to do these things. So putting people in positions where they could add value to the company, but then it was also about not only giving people tasks to do, but saying, okay, where do these, where does the community of the company want the company to go? Not thinking that it was my sole responsibility. Like, relinquishing some attachment to what member mouse would look like in the future and allowing people within the company, the customer community to kind of like all of those voices help drive and dictate where things were going to move. So really letting go. And the very surprising thing to me is that the more that I did that, the, the less work I needed to do for things to move forward. Whereas before I thought in order for things to move forward at all, I would have to constantly be working. But in actuality, the less that I do and the more that I allow others to be a part of things, the more things can move forward without my specific efforts, except in areas where I'm particularly inspired to do it, you know. Hey there, entrepreneurs. Eric Cabral here, founder of On Air Brands and host of the Entrepreneur Circle and Capital Hacking. I wanted to share something truly unique with you that we've created called Pod Max, which is an amazing opportunity to connect you with major podcasts to help you share your fascinating stories with their communities. This unique invitation-only event includes interviews with you on top-rated business podcasts all in one day. It also provides a unique networking opportunity with high-performance guests and thought leaders who are authors, coaches and consultants, investors, speakers, executives, 
you name it. These are the type of people that you need to be around. We also provide industry expert keynotes to hit our stage to share insights on podcasting, investing, marketing to help you take things to the next level. And the cool thing about Podmax is that it has a multimedia agency engine behind it with on-air brands to provide social media promotions before and after the event to share your brand new shows with your network. So hit the apply now button at podmax.co and I hope to see you at the next Podmax event. So Member Mouse is a um, obviously a very successful um, software, a product. Like I said, it's a WordPress membership plugin, <clears throat> pioneered, one of the leaders to date. How do you, how can we talk about what, what's been in place to really account for that, that the entrepreneur tuning in can really learn from because it is, it's a competitive market. I know that. Uh, it is then, now. Okay. So maybe that's part of the answer. It is now. Yeah. So then how do you stay uh, ahead of the game? How, how do you, in such a competitive market, even today, how do you maintain that? And how, how has that been the journey for you? Well, I, I think that listening is an important part of the process. Uh, I was talking to a long-term customer of mine yesterday uh, for a podcast interview that's going to be coming out on my podcast. He runs a site called Backpacking Light, and he's been running that site since the early 2000s. And we talked a lot about the importance of this, like, and he's gone through many different site iterations. And I asked him, well, how did you determine when you needed to do a new site or when you needed to improve a funnel process or something like that? And he talked about discovery, which ultimately I think is synonymous with listening. Your, your customers will tell you, your audience will tell you when it's time for you to do something. And I think that the enemy of being an entrepreneur is being egotistical and thinking you know what people need obviously you're bringing something to the table but you have like it has to be 50 percent what you think people need and then 50 percent putting it out in front of people and seeing how they respond to it um because that will tell you really where the opportunities are and i made this mistake in the beginning of member mouse i i thought i needed i knew what people need and i spent two years building an mvp only to find when I released it that I should have released it like a year earlier so that I could get the feedback that I waited a year to get, mm. you know? So you always need to put it out. You, you need to put things out in the world sooner than you think so that you can get that feedback and recognize that what you're doing is a conversation. You're building, building companies to me is about building communities. Um, and I think that it can be tempting to have the perspective of, I'm starting a company because I want to, I want these things for myself. And it's, it's good to have the motivation of the things that you want to get out of it. That's important. Um, but if that's your only motivation, then you're going to end up making decisions that can end up mm, getting in your own way, you know, so to speak. What about pricing? How have you, played that into your life? How have you come up with pricing? How have you adjusted it? How have you tested it? How have you brought that to market? Really, you know, I, I'm actually like the wrong person to ask about business things because my whole approach is my whole life and anything I've accomplished in life has always been about, I have an idea and I just start walking. And if I run into a wall, I adjust. So I don't do a lot of research. I'm not the kind of person who listens to a lot of things. Uh, so with regards to pricing, I basically, I, I had a price that I started with. At some point, somebody came onto my team and said we should lower it. And then we lowered it. And then that was the price that things were for eight years. Wow. And then we literally just changed the price for the first time a month ago um, in eight years. And... Uh, the reason we did that was because we were dr dramatically underpricing it for the whole time. But that's, I think, pricing, everything about the entrepreneurial journey is a per is, to me is a person. It's important to get outside opinions and feedback, but not at the expense of listening to yourself. 
and look and not a not at the expense of learning your own lessons like i talk to a lot of artists in particular pricing is always a question for artists because they don't know how to value their work in terms and uh, i never give them a straight answer there's not enough people learning to listen you know to them mm. themselves there's there's not enough of that work going on people want to get the answer because they think getting the answer will help things happen more quickly but it actually doesn't happen more quickly wow so what are we talking about here that uh people are looking for some sort of magic bullet a push button easy answer when really the yeah. answer already exists within them they might might just be looking for confirmation and or permission, but that could also be looked at as a stall, right? Is that what we're saying? I think it's a little bit too fluffy to say that the answer is within them, that, although that, that is true. Okay. And I think people, it's a little bit etheric for people to grasp onto. Go ahead. Uh, I think that the answer at times is in our own resistance what do, what don't we want to do? You know, like for uh, before I started members, I was adamant that I did not want to start a software company, <laughs> you know, but, but yet that's what ended up happening because I had, I was, I, um, I had built a temporary membership solution, which I wasn't, didn't build to sell. And the product that I had built it for, nobody, then people started, the kind of time software product I built to power the membership site. And so the message was coming very clearly, okay, people, and I feel that if you have your field open where people can engage you in a certain way, have a conversation with you, and even not in the physical world, the virtual world, if people, if you put yourself out there and you have a, a contact form where somebody can send you something, it's like, putting the fishing line in the water, like at some point somebody will bite on it and that piece of information is going to be an important indicator of what the world wants from you. You know, like for example, I have a friend who's a jewelry maker. Well, they make jewelry and anytime they wear their jewelry, they go out into the world. Like people will come up without prompt being prompted and say, Oh, I love those earrings or I love that ring. To me, that's like clear sign you know, hey, you could do something with this. Like people are resonating with what you're doing, but they, they don't, you know, but they don't hear the message. And, and, and still the same person wants to be an entrepreneur and they want to build a business, but they're looking in all these other areas. And I'm like, people are coming to you right now without you doing anything and telling you they want this thing. So that's what I'm saying. Like, do that. Um, do the things that people are asking for from you. Um, but in order to even get that feedback, you have to be willing to put yourself out there. If you're not out there, uh, and by put yourself out there, I, I simply mean um, share your opinions, share your passions, share what you're interested in. Um, that naturally comes to you, uh, you know, because those are the gifts and, and th those are the things that you're being a, you're being a channel for. And so if you keep them to yourself, you know, because you're afraid of, of being put, putting yourself out there and maybe people won't accept it or whatever, you know, yes, this is a totally different conversation, but I think it's step number one, you know, you have to accept and, and be okay with, with the thing that, that naturally comes to you and naturally interests you. And, um, and don't think about, don't prematurely put the weight on you about what success looks like. Success in the beginning is about one. If one person comes to you and says something, that's success. Because it's, it's alignment. You know, it, it, the world is full of all these numbers. So it's like, oh, if I don't have X thousand of whatever, I'm not doing the right thing. But then when you have that mindset, you start to try and copy what everybody else is doing. But a lot of the people who have those numbers look at where they started. They started where, at the place that I'm talking about, you know, and now they're at that point after a period of time, you know, following their own guidance and, and their own natural um, passions. Um, don't copy people. It's lame.
a very, a very powerful statement. Success begins with the one when you're in alignment and getting the, the feedback, the uh, attraction of the one, your, your success. And now you, you carry that through. Right. And really the one, the first one was you, you accepting yourself. There you go. Like, you, you know, you know this very well. Wow. (laughs) <laughs> I didn't realize that. So it's not just about the external one, which uh, metaphorically and literally speaking, that's what it was for me, seeking that external approval, uh, right. not having any of it within. And until I realized, wait a minute, I have to start within, just like you said, it's not about that external one. That's the second one. The first is having the... the right, win. the second, when the first is you, the second takes care of itself. But in your experience... And it's such a common experience, and I did it too. It's like when you seek externally first, you basically are a dog chasing your tail. You'll never catch it. But if you just accept who you are and learn to listen to what your own gifts are, and that's it, people will naturally, magnetically be drawn to you without even trying after that point, really. Um, There's always work to do, but it doesn't, when you're doing it in that sense, it doesn't feel like work. It, it, It all kind of takes care of itself. And and that's kind of been my experience with Member Mouse too. Like I, it's hard for me to take credit for what happened with Member Mouse because all I did was, I was just like blindly walking a path according to my, whatever my guidance was. I mean, I remember three years in being in my current, my girlfriend at the time's apartment in New York City, Member Mouse hadn't gone anywhere at that point. Um, Kajabi, who's competitor of member mouse was also starting at that time but uh, kajabi's founders were a lot more experienced they they're very good at marketing and still are so they knew how to get products out there i knew how to build stuff but they knew how to get stuff out there and so i was looking at them getting put out there and looking at what i was doing and i was like what the hell am i doing why am i even bothering doing this these guys are already out there and I was like, I was crying in my girlfriend's bed because I just had no, like, I just could not see how it could possibly work. But there was, for whatever reason, something that I had no control over. There was a, a knowing that it would work out. I didn't know how it was going to work out, but there was a, some sort of knowing that it was going to work out somehow. And that's, so I just kept pushing through and, you know, the, the path to now is littered with what one could call mistakes. But who cares? Like the whole, it's, it's my life, right? It's, and I am who I am because of all of the things that I went through. And the whole purpose of the business was not to get money and have success from my perspective. It's to, it was to live my life according to the guidance that I had. And member mouse was a part of it at the time. Just like if you have a child, you know, that child is going to teach you things. Business is a child in a way, and it's going to teach you things. And so you got to come to it with that attitude, with that knowing that you, you know, some reverence, like you don't, it's not going to be up to you to make your thing a success. The only thing that you can do to be successful is in each moment and each day that you're provided with, do something that you resonate with and the collection of multiple days in, in succession that where you resonate with something is ultimately going to manifest in resonance. There's no, that's the equation. But if you spend each day, you know, you know, in frequencies of energy where you're down on yourself or you're telling yourself certain things, well, it's, it's not the universe's fault that at the end of like a year, you're not going to have attracted anything because you weren't, you, you hadn't been doing the day-to-day practice of like, you know, uh, bringing positivity into your life, you know, there like it's, it's, it's chilling to hear it put like that. I want to reiterate some of that, the you said your your job isn't to uh, I'm I'm not getting the wording exactly right but you said it's not your job isn't to make the end result successful 
it's to basically live each day, each moment successfully, which means you're following your own path, your own guidance system to do what feels right to the end you want, but then acquire and accumulate these collection of moments that then become days uh, that then become what your life's meaning and path has been. Right. And the interesting thing that happens when you do this is that you realize at some point that that's basically the path of surrender, right? Because the path of control is saying, I want to accomplish this thing and here's how I'm going to do it. The path of surrender is, is more of a listening path. What is being asked of me right now? How can I act in integrity in this situation that's put in front of me? How can I not resist what's being put in front of me? I mean, that's basically all. Surrender is basically non-resistance to what exactly is put in front of you. And that's different for everybody. Everybody has different things that are put in front of you and never looks the same. So the only responsibility that I can see is things are put in front of me and how am I going to respond to that in the moment? And the interesting thing is about that is what ends up happening as a result of all that stuff, I, it's, it becomes a mystery. And you've probably heard it talked about by, by mystics and other people like, you, you know, or the witnessing mind. Um, you know, your life, your own life becomes a movie, basically, because you're watching it as opposed to trying to dictate it. And there's a little bit of fear, I would, I, for, for me right now, in living that way because um, I don't know, like I can't predict a lot of things about my life and that's a little bit uncomfortable, um, you know, because I have things that I like doing, but at any moment, I'm, like, I'm willing at a certain level to let those things go if that's what's indicated. You know, so, mm -hmm. and again, tea is, is a seed, the teacher of this type of surrender process. Like, you know, you, there's a certain, the sun rises and sets each day. There's a certain consistency to things. There's, there's a, there's a morning, there's an evening. Um, there's certain physical aspects of the world. There's a body, like all this stuff, there's these physical aspects, but ultimately the story that's really being told is in the subtle energies of it. And, you know, there was this whole big thing about the law of attraction at some point. The law of attraction is kind of getting at what this is, but it's really doing it in a way that's spoon feeding people to make it more attractive and to, to kind of indicate that maybe you don't have to do any work. You just have to like put some pictures on a board and stuff will happen. That's not the law of attraction is essentially what we were talking about where you choose your vibration that you want to be each and every day. And after you've been vibrating in that sense, thing like things will be attracted to your vibration basically. So there's no way around putting in the effort. Sorry to say to people, but <laughs> you can't, you can't skip it. What, what you just hit upon is actually what the theme of this episode is and was meant to be, stress release. If you go back and listen to what you just spoke about, it's really that surrender and that acceptance to what is and right. just, just going with that flow. And I really like how you, you tied it into, you said, if you can wake up each day and choose the, the frequency of vibration, mm -hmm. you will naturally attract the equivalent. Uh, something that I live right. by is something Jim Rohn is famous for saying, which is uh, you, you don't achieve success, you attract success by yeah. becoming first the person who is capable of achieving what you have in mind. And it's the exact same thing you said. You have to choose. So it's possible to actively and consciously and deliberately choose the vibration in which to um, take on. Yeah, and, and I want to be clear about something too because I got hung up on this myself. It can be uh, uh, seductive to think that, oh, well, 
if I feel scared or if I feel sad, well, I'm not in the vibration of the things that I want, that needs to be avoided. No. All of those things are natural weather. Like I go through these series of emotions, if not daily, at least weekly. And the thing is, it's not, it's again, whatever is put in front of you, don't resist it. Because if you meet those things, if you resist those things, you actually hold on to their vibration, right? If, if I want to express, if, if naturally an expression of emotion wants to come and I distract myself from it, and I'm not, I, first of all, maybe don't even hear it, but if I do hear it and I push it down, well, now that vibration of that emotion is still with me. Mm. It was coming to the surface to be released. So, mm. you know, it's don't push away anything is the key, like whatever comes. And the idea that one thing is positive and one thing is negative is the beginning is the seed of resistance because naturally if you think something's bad, then you're going to resist it, whether consciously or unconsciously. So it's, it's becoming a little bit less identified with your own life in a sense, like you, you may think that the emotions are you, but are they you? Like, this is the question. Again, pra meditative practices, this is what it's all about. You ask these questions, these deeper questions. Um, nobody can give you the answer, you know. It's like the, what you said earlier, which is um, the way I've heard about it is you want to get to a point where you could consciously understand that you are you are the watcher and observer of all of this you are not the one experiencing the emotion but you are the eye the source the energy that is watching the experience of it yep exactly wow and you're both actually you, you're both. <laughs> that's that's the that's the mind that's the mind trick. I mean, you are you're not the one experiencing, and you're also the one experiencing. But which one are you identifying with? Is the question. You know, that's are you identifying with the the one that has limitations? Or are you identifying with the one who has no limitations? When, and I'm not saying that I've perfected this. Oh my I'm not god! Suggesting that, of course. You know. <laughs> tying tying this all to the to the T for you specifically is that the is that the majority practice or are there other other things throughout your day rituals? No, the the T is well at this point everything everything becomes a practice, but I do have a daily um, like an actual meditation daily practice that I do like about uh, an hour and a half in the morning and an hour in the evening. So beginning of the day, end of the day, I have specific mantra practices and meditation practices and yoga practices and other things that I do at the beginning and the end of the day. Um, I don't have tea every day at this point, um, but that's just, the, that's just the place that I'm at right now. Um, but all the lessons uh, that I've learned from tea, I try to carry into, and meditation, I basically trying to carry that into all whatever I'm doing. That's, and that's, that's not a place to start. I would say it's, it's definitely, or really attain to, but that's just where I am now. Um, hmm. You know, trying to be present and listening to internal things while at the same time being engaged with um, external things. Can you, can you tell us about a time where you were overcome with fear and you knew that you could have easily cowered in the corner, but you were able to find the courage and power right through what needed to be. Lots of times. Um, what's, not, what's not coming to me is a, a specific instance. I mean, there was that time, that story that I related to about the Kajabi early on. Absolutely. And there's many of those instances of those things but what i would say like in all of those instances it wasn't i don't feel that it was me who came up with the power to push through it and that's what i said in that story like there was something beyond me like some some trust i couldn't see it you know and it reminds me of that the story of you know uh, jesus walking with someone in the sand and they're leaving this series of footprints 
And then the person who's walking with Jesus starts to go through a hard time in their life. And then when they come out of that hard time in their life, they look behind, they only see one set of footprints in the sand. And they're like, well, why did you leave me at the time when I needed you most? And Jesus, you know, Jesus or whoever, it doesn't matter who the personage is, but the, the being, the higher being says, well, you know, I was carrying you. That's why there's only one set of footprints, you know? So that type of experience, though, it, it, we all have the capacity and the, the gift of that grace, you know, where we have these hard times that come. And um, I would say as long as we don't actively work against that, we will be helped to be carried through it. And even if we do actively work against it, we'll still be carried through it. It'll, I always get this image of life is like a slide. You know, we're all going down the slide but you can choose to go down the slide just straight or you can put your legs out at which point you're still going down the slide, but now you're like hitting your head, you know, as you go down. So resistance is putting your legs out. The momentum and the force of the slide, the momentum and the trajectory of our lives is a given. It's, it's happening. So we can either accept it and work with it or go against it. Either way, it's going to end up where it's going to end up, but it'll be less painful as an experience if we work with it. I will leave you with this final question that I ask of all my guests. Eric Turnison, how would you like to be remembered? I actually would prefer not to be remembered in a mental sense. If there's any legacy that my life leaves behind, I would, I would prefer it to be an experiential one where it's just like a set, like, Something where some totem, some, I don't know what, whatever it is, if, it, if it's some, if it's a memory or if it's a, a physical thing like that, it brings people a sense of peace to experience, uh, you know, or stillness to experience a memory or uh, being in contact with some object that reminds them of me. Like, I only would want um, for other people what I want for myself, which is peace. And so that hopefully if I live my life that way, then naturally that vibration should carry, carry forward after I'm gone. And, and I, I also don't mind if people don't remember me. That's fine too. <laughs> wow. So much uh, intrigue there. I really appreciate that answer. Uh, how can the person listening follow up with you and keep the conversation going? So there's, if you're interested in the tea stuff, uh, there's learngungfutea.com, G-O-N-G-F-U-T-E-A.com. There's a, a course on there. There's free tea hangouts that I do every week that you can attend to get a, more of a taste of what's going on here. Um, I, if you're interested in MemberMouse, MemberMouse.com. Uh, if you're interested in me in general, like I also compose orchestral music and I do kind of videos i create videos from time to time that talk about these types of concepts that we get into here philosophical things and whatnot ericashish.com is my personal website uh and yeah so those are the ways absolutely wonderful there was a lot of like you said um there might not have on the surface felt like tangible specific things but really when you listen which is all ironic to this episode specifically, when you listen beneath the words that were used, everything uh, we're going yes. for is really there, isn't it? Yeah, please don't think about what we've talked about. <laughs> There's <laughs> please truth don't to go that. back and take notes and all that. Don't do that. It's, that, that. it's like if you're going to experience a sunset, you sit there and you, you be in the presence of the sunset. You don't take your phone out and take pictures or whatever, you know, like that's, and that's again, one of the lessons of tea, like you just be with the tea and that the, what you get, you may not be able to consciously and mentally grasp, but ultimately something was communicated. And um, the more you try to find and dissect, you know, it's like, so, you know, try and dissect a rose and figure out why everybody loves them so much. Well, you'll end up with a bunch of pieces on the table. So don't do that. And of course, the first lesson of Fight Club is 
don't talk don't talk about fight club there you go i think that that's what we're saying it's it's absolutely it's absolutely powerful thank you eric thank you ashish your aka Mm -hmm. your uh what is it your 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 spirit name what's it what is it called? yeah it's a it's a name that my meditation teacher gave me so it's just it's a name that i use um to remind me of having the intention to be a blessing in this world as much as possible so wonderful wow Mm -hmm. really really extraordinary deep deep it's it's like we said, it doesn't need to be reiterated. It's, it's, it's really layers deep what we spoke about. Uh, and when the time is right for all of us, it'll, it'll hit home. So I want to thank you, Eric, for uh, spending your time and sharing your tea with us today. Yes. Thank you so much, Josh. And thank you, everybody, for tuning in to this episode. Really, really nice of you to have your, uh, your time spent here. We're going to do it again before too long. Until we do... As always, go get them. Thanks for listening to The Hidden Entrepreneur Show. Make sure to subscribe through iTunes or Google Play so you can get notified every time we publish a new episode. And we'd love to hear your thoughts with an honest review on iTunes. Finally, follow us on your favorite social media platforms to keep the conversation going with Josh Carey and today's guest. Until next time. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.